All right, welcome back to Fair Facts, everyone, where we provide you with updates on our school system and then follow with a robust discussion on any given topic. Today, we are going to be doing our College Admissions 2.0 session. Uh, we have a number of exciting representatives here to discuss a little bit more about their schools uh, and so answer some of your questions about admissions. So feel free to have those coming in the comments uh, from now. And if you have any school questions, of course, those are always welcome as well. As always, I'm Abra Romesh. I'm one of your at-large members on the Fairfax County School Board. And I'm Nathan Onibudo, the student representative on the Fairfax County School Board. All right, so before we get to our college discussion, just a couple of our community updates as usual. Uh, so we still are uh, in a situation where we have to make sure we maintain social distancing and wear our masks. In Fairfax County alone, we still have over 17,236 cases up to date. Um, with nearly 2,000 people who have been hospitalized uh, as of today. Uh, we also have nearly 550 people who have passed as of today. So again, we wanna make, make sure we continue to take that seriously. Uh, and as Dr. Gloria told us in our last stream, be sure to check it out if you're interested in the health side of things, uh, we are not gonna progress out of these phases unless we do continue to take these measures. So let's get ourselves back to normal. Um, as soon as possible, but that's relying on all of us, of course, to do this. Uh, there is a new app. It's free. It's available for the state called COVIDWISE. Uh, it's, it's on both Apple and Android, and it's actually useful for you to determine whether people near you have been exposed to COVID. Uh, it's anonymous and protects everyone's identity, but it is a way that the state has been monitoring, um, and, and they have a, a way, if you download it, that it provides you notifications uh, if you do come close. I also want to remind everyone that our local uh, uh, government, the Coordinated Services Planning Line, is still available. They will direct you to any nonprofit that provides services on healthcare, housing, uh, if you need any kind of supplementary income, childcare. Uh, that number is 703 222 0880. Uh, and again, they will route you to the right nonprofit who can support you. I also wanted to add a new piece today. As you guys know, since the beginning of this pandemic, uh, there has been a dip in uh, child abuse reports. And that of course is because our uh, primary reporting uh, center is our schools. Uh, and so we wanna make sure folks are continuing to look out for kids in the neighborhood. If you have reason to be concerned, the CPS hotline, the Child Protective Services hotline is available 24 seven, uh, you know, all days of the, uh, of the week, uh, 24 hours. So. That number is 703-324-7400, uh, So be on the lookout uh, to make sure we take care of our most vulnerable young ones uh, during this difficult time. Reminders of a couple of these school board meetings that are coming up. So we have a, quite the board meeting coming up tomorrow. Uh, there are a number of uh, documents and whatnot attached so far, but the, the superintendent and his team will be presenting us with scenarios. Uh, to look at for reopening. As you know, it was not an easy decision uh, to, to give consensus to the superintendent when he came forward with his recommendation earlier this summer to start virtual. Uh, and now we are gonna be looking at how we can open safely as soon as possible, especially for our most vulnerable students, special ed students, English language learners. I know many of our families have been asking these kinds of questions. Uh, and so want to make sure you're aware of that uh, to tune in tomorrow at 1 p.m. If you're interested, that's at fcps.edu, our main page that you all are familiar with, slash TV. You'll be able to live stream it from there. Um, and there will also be updates from our tech council, the tech advisory council. I know many of you guys have been awaiting this. You might recall that way early on when we started distance learning and there was the unfortunate crash with Blackboard and all that, uh, that those challenges, our superintendent commissioned this council of experts uh, who volunteered their time to advise him. And so we're going to be hearing uh, some of the, the, their updates then. And then just another reminder that the 27th, we also have a work session uh, where we're gonna be going over some uh, additional information. We'll provide you with more details next week about that meeting. Finally, uh, before Nathan gives us some uh, additional updates on food and special ed, uh, we have a, a number of return to school town halls that the superintendent is hosting. You are welcome to actually ask your questions live to the superintendent, who again, reminder to our viewers, our board oversees the system, but our superintendent is like the CEO figure. He's the one responsible for all the operations and the details of the implementation. Uh, so many of your questions can be addressed then, August 19th, uh, just two days from now, so Wednesday, 
uh, the 26th, and then again, September 2nd. Uh, and then, as always, you guys know, the first day of school will be September 8th. An email was sent out a while ago. Um, that is after the, the usual start date. So just make sure you took note of that. All right, Nathan, please give us our uh, additional updates. Thank you, Abrar. Um, so as a reminder, the USDA and the Virginia Department of Education have approved meal service at all existing locations, just all existing distribution sites, including the bus routes over the summer months. Also, FCPS will continue to provide grab-and-go grab meals during the upcoming school year, but we need your help. Please fill out the quick link in the, um, the quick survey in the description after this video goes, uh, gets posted, obviously. Um, we are trying to figure out um, the, the bus routes and stuff for that, so please fill out the link. We need everyone's help with that. Now for some updates regarding special education. Social emotional learning will be a major focus of the staff and students this year. Social emotional learning focuses on how children and adults learn to understand and manage emotions, set goals, show empathy for others, establish positive relationships, and make responsible decisions. Students will receive virtual instruction five days per week. This week will include four days of live face-to-face -face synchronous learning with teachers, Tuesday through Friday. Mondays will be used for independent learning, with some students identified for teacher-directed special instruction slash live intervention. Finally, the Virginia Autism Council is offering a free webinar series for supports and services, transportation, trauma and resilience-oriented care, communication with first responders, and a review of the 2021 VAC skills competencies. These free seminars are held from noon to 1.30 on the third of Wednesday each month, on third Wednesday of each month, excuse me. The next seminar is scheduled for Wednesday, August 19th, and will focus on navigating support and services. Great, thank you, Nathan. All right, so now for our exciting part of our, our conversation here. Um, so you might recall last time on June 14th, our stream was our first college admission session where we had UVA, VCU, Marymount, William and Mary, Mason, GMU, and JMU. So if you're interested in any of those schools or more information, be sure to check out our previous stream. This is our 2.0. Today, we are excited to welcome guests from University of Michigan, Virginia Tech, University of Richmond, University of Mary Washington, Christopher Newport, and Randolph College. So uh, without further ado, I want our guests to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit more about their school. So we'll go ahead and start with uh, jo Jody from University of Michigan. Thank you, Abrar. Hello, everyone. My name is Jody Gore. I'm Assistant Director of Undergraduate Admissions at the University of Michigan. I coordinate our Michigan and national recruitment, and I wear the very special hat of being the admissions officer for the state of Virginia. Um, that's a responsibility that I have been proud to hold for many years now. The University of Michigan, we're located in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is about 40 miles due west of the city of Detroit. Uh, we are a large public research one institution. We have 13 individual schools and colleges, about 275 different majors uh, that you can choose from at Michigan. Um, we are the number one public research institution in America. Uh, we have lots of valuable undergraduate research opportunities uh, available for our students. Uh, Right now, we have about 250 or so students enrolled at Michigan from the state of Virginia, many largely from Fairfax County, obviously. Um, and uh, we look forward to enrolling students, um, great, great students from Fairfax County every year. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Hopefully, we can answer some of your questions. Um, uh, my name is Mario Cruz. I'm the Assistant Director of Undergraduate Admissions at Virginia Tech. Um, a little bit about our institution. We're located in Southwest Virginia, uh, in Blacksburg, uh, which is a lovely town, college, traditional college town. Um, we offer over 110 different majors, and we are uh, the largest research institution in the state of Virginia. Uh, we have around 36,000 students on our campus as well. Um, and, you know, just want to pass it on to the next person. Hi there, everyone. I'm Rebecca Buffington with the University of Richmond. I'm a senior associate director of admission there. I've been um, at Richmond about 10 years. I've been working with students from Fairfax County the whole time I've been at Richmond. Uh, University of Richmond is located in Richmond, Virginia, which is about two hours or so south on I-95 or four, you know, right, with traffic on 95. Um, we're, we're located on the western edge of the city, um, so in a more suburban 
um, place in the city, but about 15 minutes from downtown Richmond. Um, we're a private university, about 3,000 undergraduate students, so much different size than, than Michigan or Virginia Tech. Um, and that's what this is all about, right, is choices and, and having lots of different options. So, um, and so we, we have about um, 100 academic programs. That's a combination of majors and, and minors. And I'll pass it on. Hi everyone, my name is Amanda Hart. Um, I'm one of the assistant directors of admissions at the University of Mary Washington. Um, we're a small public liberal arts school. Um, we have about 4,100 undergraduate students um, and we're located just south of Fredericksburg, or sorry, just south of Fairfax in Fredericksburg, Virginia, um, about 45 minutes to an hour if you don't hit any major traffic. Um, we are an undergraduate exclusive campus on our campus, so we only have undergraduate students on the Fredericksburg campus. Um, we do have a couple hundred graduate students about 20 minutes away on our Stafford campus, um, but we offer a wide range of majors and degree programs. Um, we have three colleges. We have our College of Arts and Science, our College of Business, and our College of Education. Um, so I hope to see many of you throughout the school year. Hi there, I'm Yoma Miller. I'm the Associate Director of Admission at Christopher Newport University. We are located in Newport News, Virginia, so coastal area of Virginia. We are also a small uh, liberal arts institution, public school, about 5,000 students. Um, we pride ourselves on an undergraduate focus. Only about 250 of our students are actually in graduate programs, and that's very intentional. Um, we're NCAA Division III as far as athletics. We have about 24 intercollegiate sports to choose from and uh, really looking forward to speaking with everyone tonight. Okay, well, I guess I'm about to take another initiative when it comes to small. Uh, my name is Scott Cooper. I'm the Director of Recruitment as of 10 hours on today uh, at Randolph College. Um, we are a total enrollment of a little over 600 students. So we emphasize a small atmosphere Average class size is 11 to 1, but more than likely you have more common classes of 8 to 1. We have over 30 majors and minors, also three graduate programs as well, too. We're looking to grow as well, too, uh, with different opportunities and scholarships as well, too. So that's just a quick, uh, quick fun facts about Randolph College. Well, congratulations, Scott, on the new position. Uh, and thank you all for giving us the overview of your school. Um, so to, to start for, for our families and students who are watching, uh, give us a sense of the profile of a student who comes to your school. And we can resume in the same order, guys, that we started with. Okay, um, numbers are really um, still being finalized um, for us, for our class, as we're getting ready to start. We haven't quite started class yet here, um, but it's looking like our, our profile this year will be an unweighted uh, 3.9 GPA, roughly 1450 SAT score around 33, 34 on the ACT. So what we look for at Virginia Tech specifically, um, we look for students who have taken very um, rigorous academic courses, uh, whether those are AP, IB, dual enrollment, or even honors classes. Uh, we review students based on their school profile. So whatever is offered your school, that's what we're looking for specifically. Um, similar to Michigan, we're still finalizing our final numbers for um, this upcoming year, but we you know, have um, a healthy amount of around 1,646 students coming in um, this fall and being part of our freshman class. So, so at Richmond, uh, we, we have about 820 students who most of them are joining us on campus uh, right now. They're starting orientation tomorrow, today or tomorrow um, and a handful are, are, are choosing remote classes, but about 820 first year students. Um, for, for this entering class, uh, the, the average GPA, and this is on an unweighted scale, so we recalculate your GPA, which if you have questions about that, I'm sure any of us would, would be willing to talk about our policies on that. Um, about a 3.7 unweighted GPA, so more A's than B's for most students who are joining us at Richmond. Um, Testing-wise, um, about a 1360 to a 1450 or a 31 to a 33. That's for this entering class. If you, your seniors or you, you have seniors, um, we are test optional for 
um, for high school seniors um, with determination to come for, for younger classes, but we can talk some about that too later if you have those questions. All right, so at Mary Washington, um, obviously we're also getting ready to welcome um, the class um, for this year. We um, actually start classes next Monday, but we will be doing our first three weeks of classes online before we move um, to a partially in-person model. We've got about 50% of our classes that are staying online. Um, as for our freshman profile, um, like most of the other schools, we are still kind of crunching those numbers. Um, but we sit at um, about a 3.6. Um, and that's typically a weighted GPA. So we don't recalculate. We take exactly what your school sends us. Um, we are test choice and have been test choice for a number of years. So Mary Washington will evaluate you both for admission and for merit aid with or without your test scores. We do not require them. Um, testing is becoming harder and harder to access right now. Um, and so we absolutely plan to continue that policy. Um, if you do choose to send your test scores, we sit somewhere um, between a 1090 and a 1270 for our middle 50% SAT um, and between a 22 and a 29 for our middle 50% ACT. All right, so at Christopher Newport University, our average uh, grade point average is about a 3.8 and we honor the weighted cumulative GPA as well. Um, as far as testing is concerned, we have been a test optional school for over 10 years, um, and we will continue to be that. Um, if you do decide to submit standardized test scores, our middle 50% for SAT is typically about 1190 to 1260. Okay, just like everybody notes, um, well, we are still crunching the numbers for this um, upcoming fall. Uh, however, our Competitive uh, GPA is a 3.0. Um, uh, between 2.5 and 2.7, if it does fall below that, it will go under review um, to our committee to see if there's anything that you have progressed in or anything like that. Uh, average test scores in the competitive side is 1,000 and a 19 ACT as well too. But we are test optional as well too. So um, if you do submit them, that's great. If not, we understand with uh, COVID-19 reshaping life. Thank you guys. And so I'd be remiss not to ask the question, especially for our student viewers. Um, I'm sure this is on Nathan's mind and, and many other incoming seniors. If someone doesn't have that GPA or if someone doesn't have that test score, does that mean they shouldn't apply? Does that mean they can't get in? Anyone can jump in on this one. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Rebecca. <laughs> I'll take a first stab and, and then we'll, we'll see where else we go with it. Um, so, so it's an average GPA, um, and we all have different ways that we review applicants. Um, but I, but I would guess that all of us have other things we're looking at as well. And it could be a variety of different things. But in, you know, on the application, um, there's the the um, the extracurricular resume. There's chance to submit essays and other writings. Um, at University of Richmond, we also um, require um, letters of recommendation. So. And not all schools require all of those things, um, but trying to get a, an idea of, of other ways that make you up as a student or just as a person as a whole. So the GPA and test scores and, and the classes you're taking are one component of what we're looking at, um, but it's, it's not the end all be all. So if you don't have that 3.7 GPA at Richmond, we take students who have lower than that because it's an average. Yeah, if I could just add, you know, the same with us. Um, admissions here were pretty selective last year. We admitted about 30% of the students that applied, um, but we don't have any minimums in, in terms of GPA and test score. And we are also going to be uh, test optional for next year as well. Um, very holistic process. And I wanna say, even though we get a large volume of applications, almost uh, 70,000 last year, um, each of those applications will get multiple reviews in our office, um, sometimes as many as three. So um, it, is, it is something that we take very seriously when we review every application. I would say as well, make sure that when you're looking at school profiles, you're looking at what data they're presenting, because I think for most of us, based on um, the profiles that we gave, particularly when you're looking at 
test scores, we're giving you a middle 50% average. So that means that 25% of the students we admitted scored higher than the scores that we're giving and 25% scored lower. Um, so that range that you see is not necessarily a range that you have to be locked into. Um, that's just where the middle 50% falls. Um, so make sure that like when you're looking at the school profile, you're really looking at, okay, what data am I being given here? Um, additionally, schools like for Mary Washington, for example, um, say at the beginning of the year you're not quite where you want to be, we do give you the opportunity to submit your mid-year grades um, for further review. So, you know, if you're working really hard in your senior year and you're really pulling your grades up, send us an additional transcript and we'll look at that a second time. Uh, just to piggyback on everything else, everyone else said, um, we do the same thing as well too. Um, we encourage people to apply um, whether they're at that average or not, um, because we do have a committee that looks at everything. Uh, we do have a deferral process. I think that's similar to the University of Mary Washington where we'll defer you to either look at um, first semester grades. I don't know how we're gonna do with test scores as much because we're test optional now. So that's not gonna be more of a deferral option, but the grades wise, we will do a deferral option um, to see if you do increase in your grades and move forward with the process there. So I strongly encourage any student to still apply. Kind of along those same lines, I guess, to follow up on the question, um, with schools becoming test optional for this upcoming admission cycle, I know some schools have already been, but a lot of them are also becoming test optional. What other factors make up the holistic review process? And does GPA become more important if a student doesn't have that extra stat to submit? So if y'all don't mind me taking um, a stab at this question, um, with us specifically, um, when it comes to the holistic review, we don't really put a heavy emphasis on GPA. Um, we put a heavy emphasis on academic rigor, seeing what type of classes you had taken from 9th to 12th grade and what grades you had received from 9th to 11th grade. Um, other things that come into play, at least for us, is um, every student needs to complete four short personal statements, and those are review and score. Um, so that tells, tells us a little bit more about who you are outside the classroom. Um, and, you know, other than that, we really um, also look for your extracurricular activities, what you have been involved uh, in, whether you're employed, uh, whether you're a student athlete, whether you have any leadership experiences, we want to get the full picture. So um, for us specifically, uh, GPA um, doesn't really play a huge role in the admissions process. We're more so looking for what type of classes you had taken. And if you're that type of student that is able to demonstrate that you had truly challenged yourself throughout high school. Yeah, I would chime in with Mario and just say that uh, the holistic review process is going to be valued and meaningful more than ever um, in this coming time. Um, I think that all of us will be looking at those curriculum choices. Have you been able to challenge yourself all the way to the finish line? Are you doing the things to prepare yourself for college? Um, those are great indicators. The courses that you take in high school are those uh, preparing you for the college environment. So I think that quite a bit of value will be on your curriculum itself, but then also a little bit more about you, those essays, personal statements, the recommendation letters, all of that information is going to be so valuable to us. Um, we're all looking to build a, a well-rounded community on our campus. And so we're going to be looking at people's strengths and uh, accolades and the things that they will bring to the campus environment as a whole. I think, I, you know, I definitely agree with both what Yoma and Mario have said. Um, I think the, the last thing that we look for with specifically related to the transcript is um, trends. So, you know, your GPA might um, have been hurt by a class or two early on in your high school career. But if you can show us that, hey, you know, I didn't do so great in sophomore math, but junior and senior year, I did really well. And I've um, continued to work hard and um, there's an upward trend. That's something that we definitely take into strong consideration. If I could just add add one thing about this upcoming year, because we're getting this question a lot, and I don't know exactly what the grading policy has been in Fairfax County for last year and this year, but you know, a lot of schools have gone to um, pass fail grades or um, credit no credit grades and things like that. And you know, I think it's important that we reassure people that 
you can only control what you can control and we're not going to hold it against you if your school has gone to credit no credit uh, policy and kind of you know as a result of that you know without having you know junior year grades maybe and and without having test scores and things like that that we're used to the key for this upcoming year is going to be flexibility um, so if um, we're going to be really open to any additional information that you want to send to us if you um, you know, have a, you know, an AP exam score that you are really proud of that you want to send in, um, SAT subject test, or if you want to get an extra recommendation letter from a teacher who you did really well in their class, all of those things this year are going to be welcomed as a part of our process. Uh, so um, take, the, take the time to do whatever um, you want to do, uh, you need to do with that to, to get us that information also. Let me just piggyback off of what, because uh, that's also about trends as well, too. One thing I would personally recommend, because there's going to be a lot of uh, pass-fail um, situations here, but if it's not and your school has that liberty to not have to pass-fail, um, please be careful in being selective of what pass or fails, because I don't, I, I'll speak for us. If we see that you are showing the grades in PE, art, in your elective courses, but your core classes are pass or fail, that's going to raise a red flag immediately. So I strongly encourage you that depending on what the school system, and I'm still learning the school system as well as we speak, uh, if they do give the option for pass or fail, just don't be so consistent on like, oh, I'm going to show this 99 and PE, but you know what, in English, I'm going to do pass or fail, because that trend could hurt you in the long run um, overall. Great, thank you. And and yes, to you know, Jody and, and Scott, your points. Um, we did we did go pass fail for this past uh, for the spring, um, but we are coming in with grades for the fall. So we'll see. You know, students who are watching, make sure you pay good attention because that is going to matter. Um, all right. So uh, you guys touched on a number of the changes that came out of the COVID situation uh, in your processes. Some of you mentioned being test optional. Some of you were even before, um, maybe even not requiring it at all. I just wanted to give the opportunity for anyone who wanted to um, add anything about what changes have been made since uh, the, the previous cycle uh, this year because of the situation. Yeah, a couple of things for us. Um, one is we've changed our early action deadline. Um, it has been moved from November 1st to November 15th. Unfortunately, um, with that, that is going to delay the release of our early action decisions as well. Um, we tried, well, we, we've always been able to get those out before our holiday break in December. Uh, unfortunately for next year, we're not promising those decisions will be released before the end of January. So that's going to to change a little bit for next year. The other um, change with our application uh, also is we um, will allow a student to substitute a teacher recommendation with an external recommendation if they're having a hard time uh, connecting with a teacher to get a recommendation or if you know sometimes with the, the um, responsibilities that teachers have related to the pandemic we understand it just may not be possible for them to write all the recommendation letters that they need to. So we are accepting um, letters of recommendation um, in, in place of that from, you know, maybe someone that you worked for or um, a minister or someone in the community. Um, we want students to have a little bit of flexibility there uh, if they need to. So we have all, you know, we've been test optional, as I mentioned, um, with the caveat that you have maintained at least a 3.5 GPA in a rigorous program. Um, we are going to be, as, as Jody mentioned, we're going to be more flexible. Um, and so there's not that, that requirement of at least a 3.5 GPA to apply test optional. Um, we're going to open that up to other students as well. So we are going test optional for this upcoming year. I'm not sure that trend will continue for the, uh, for the next few cycles. Um, another thing that we did is we joined the uh, Common App. Uh, in the past, we were just part of the coalition application. So now students are able to apply to Virginia Tech uh, through the Common App as well. So um, 
as I mentioned earlier, we're we're test optional for for just this this year, at least for now. Decision to come for you know carrying that through for for future years. Um, and that's that's both for the admission process and for scholarship consideration. So we do holistic review for for all of our our big scholarships or um, non non major specific um, scholarships. And so we're we're not we're not requiring tests to be considered for merit scholarships as well. Uh, we're still revamping our, we actually have a meeting tomorrow about the scholarships. I know that's gonna change with us being test optional now. Um, one biggest change that I immediately saw um, that we'll be doing a lot more one-sided missions um, with everything that has changed as well. Um, so at Mary Washington, we don't have any major changes that are happening to our admissions process. Um, as I said before, we've been test optional for a number of years now. Um, we don't have a GPA caveat for that. Um, and we don't, we will consider you for merit aid without um, test scores. Obviously, we are going to be heavily um, online. Um, so all of our college visits fairs, um, as with everyone else here, will all be virtual, um, including our on-site admission events, which are usually in person. Those are going to be virtual as well. All right. Um, thank you. I, to that point, Amanda Hart. Um, I think that there are a lot of different things that are changing because we're moving all virtual. And I think that it's, it's, it's comforting to hear that colleges are adjusting because of all of that. To that point, what, if anything, is different about essays? And what advice do you give to students applying um, about writing their essays, their personal statement for the Common App or Coalition App? What advice do you give? Well, what tips would you add and is anything different because of COVID? Yeah, um, so I'll just kind of start with my general advice for essay writing. Um, your essay is your opportunity to tell us about you. Um, we really want to know who you are um, and how you might fit um, into our community. And so um, I know personally when I read essays, I like to hear about things that students care about or lessons that they learned, um, ways that they've developed, things that are important to them. Um, I want to get to the end of your essay and know more about you as a person. Um, I think the whole COVID situation is going to change the college essay. Um, I have a feeling that we are going to um, be reading a lot about um, struggles that students have gone through related to COVID. Um, and I think I would challenge students to kind of resist the urge to write about that. Um, I think a lot of students go into the college essay thinking that they have to tell us a sob story. Um, and that's really not what we're looking for in that. It's great if you can write about something that's happened to you and the lessons that you've learned um, coming out of that, but we don't need you to tell us about the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Um, and so I would urge students to think about who they are without telling us that story. I'll, um, I'll, I'll say, and I don't know how many of, of the colleges here are on the Common Application, but for those schools you might be applying to on the Common App, um, they've, they've added a COVID section. So I would, I would recommend, I guess, um, that if, if there are some COVID related things that you think will help us understand other aspects of your application better, use the COVID section. Don't use the personal statement or the essay or the essay to, um, as a way to do that. Um, and I'll say with the essay that's within Common App or Coalition or that is directed to a specific college or university is, is think about that thing that, that we're not getting through your application in any other way. What is that or those, the one thing, the handful of things that all fit together that, that will tell us something about you that, that we're not gonna get through a teacher sharing or a counselor sharing or someone in the community if you get a community recommendation letter. Like what, what is that thing that you think really will make a difference um, to us as we're looking at your application and that you'll bring to the, as Amanda was sharing, to the, to the community um, at whatever college you end up going to. Both the Common App and the Coalition App have added a COVID question. So that will be available in both of the applications this year. 
I would also say no matter what subject you decide, um, try to get our attention in those first few sentences. Um, the reality is we're reading thousands of essays. Um, and so I wanna see that powerful drawing me in in those first couple of sentences um, to really draw me in and keep me interested in your entire personal statement. Um, the best advice I would give uh, is in regards to essay writing is um, just promote your brand. Nobody else can promote you better than yourself. I mean, you are your brand. Um, tell us about your dreams, your aspirations, what your plans are. Um, those few things could actually put you in the right situation, put you in contact with the right people, but your brand is everything. You are your brand and nobody can promote you better than you. So take that time to, um, I agree with Amanda on that. Don't feel like a college essay has to be a sob story and everything that's went wrong in life. Um, there's beauty in your success. So um, definitely, definitely, please, please write what your goals is, what your aspirations are, but promote your brand. Your, your brand is everything. Lastly, I would add, be patient with the process. Um, you know, don't rush it. Uh, not everyone's gonna have the first draft be perfect, right? So make sure you go back and review it. Uh, make sure that you have other people take a look at it and give you feedback. At the end of the day, this is your time to really provide us with whatever message you're trying to have your audience, meaning us, the readers, um, receive, right? So make sure that you're definitely are patient throughout the process. Understand that, you know, you don't need to have the perfect draft or the perfect essay at the first time you try it. Yeah, thank you all for contributing to that. Um, we do have, you know, as students are thinking about that more holistic application, uh, Kelly here has posed a question. Do you have advice for each of your respective supplements? Um, and we received another question from Rithika as well, asking about whether you factor those things in, how you evaluate them, if they were to include a link in an essay, would you look at it? That kind of thing. So I'll give uh, whoever would like to an opportunity to comment on that. We, um, our, sub, our supplements are mostly our essay requirements um, for the application. Um, we will not accept um, like an art supplement if you're not applying to our school of art and design. Uh, we will not accept a music supplement if you're not applying to our school of music, theater and dance. Um, unfortunately, um, with our volume of applications, with um, the attention and detail that we give with the multiple reviews, we just cannot take time to review app information like that um, that we don't ask for. Um, it can really delay our process. Um, with us, we truly pure, have put a heavy emphasis on your academic rigor and seeing what the classes that you have taken. Uh, next to that would be the responses that you have provided through the four short personal statements that are mandatory for you to complete in order to apply to Virginia Tech. Uh, unfortunately, we do not read the Common App or the Common uh, the Common App or the Coalition essays. We don't require that as part of our application, uh, nor do we accept any letters or recommendations um, as well. A supplement that I would encourage for Christopher Newport University would be participating in an interview. Um, they are optional, but highly, highly recommended. Um, they're offered Monday through Friday, nine to four. And at this time we're offering them solely online. Um, so it's a Google Meet or a Zoom uh, call where you can meet with a recent graduate of the university. So that's very intentional that you are connected with someone who is a recent graduate of Christopher Newport University. Um, and we want students to feel comfortable asking just as many questions that are being asked of them. Um, so at Mary Washington, we also have um, an optional interview process. Um, and I we highly encourage that as a supplemental um, piece to our application. Um, and in addition to being a piece of your application, it also um, qualifies you for a one to $2,000 one-time scholarship. Um, so that's a nice little um, piece to help you through that first year. Um, additionally, we will also accept a Zimi profile. Um, so you can go on there and um, there's a ton of different things that you can put in your Zimi profile and we will review that as part of your application. Um, but I have had students put links in essays before. Um, it's not super common. Um, I did have a girl 
um, that I was reading her essay this year and she linked me to her YouTube channel because it was something she'd worked really hard on and was really proud of and um, I did go watch it. So it, you know, we're open to different pieces that you want to submit to us. So, so at the University of Richmond, we do have a supplemental essay that's that's another long essay, so not the short personal statements that others have mentioned. Um, and there, there are three questions, and you pick which one you feel like you can write about the best. So we don't have a preference. Um, it's not a trick that we want you to answer number one, and if you don't, then you know something bad's going to happen, or something good is not going to happen, or whatever. But it's really um, whichever one you feel like you can answer the best. I say what I would say with links. Um, it just kind of depends um, on whether whether I or any of my colleagues would click through on the link. I guess it's if the essay is compelling enough, or I really want to learn more, or have a even bigger um, or better understanding of of you. Um, I I may or may not. So it's not like a given that I'd click on a link if you included it in an essay. Um, but it it may be. So it just it kind of depends. Uh, we actually accept all of them because um, the thing we'll do here is if you send us uh, art portfolio or something, we'll send it to our art department as a possible recruiter uh, recruitment um, of you to be in the arts and um, art school as well too. So we do accept that. We do accept resumes. Um, one thing we'll be doing more of is one on one since everything is virtual. So if you feel that your story is not better on paper but actual just talking with someone, we will be doing that as well too. To where you could just sit down and have a one on one with the counselor and just basically explain everything to us. Um, so that's something we will be doing. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, I do have, so as students are thinking about their future and having to plan for going to any one of these wonderful schools, of course, finances are a serious conversation that needs to be had. So I'd love to hear from each of you what financial aid opportunities are available, scholarships, opportunities that students might be able to apply to simultaneously maybe. Uh, give us a little bit of a, of a snapshot of your school's situation with that. Um, so, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Um, at Michigan, um, we provide generous financial aid to both in-state and out-of-state students, but all of our aid is need-based. So it's based on the FAFSA and the CSS profile. Uh, we don't really have any merit scholarships here at Michigan. Uh, we do have a net price calculator on our website, uh, so you can um, head uh, to our financial aid website uh, connecting from our main website, umich.edu, um, and you can actually get a, a picture of what aid you would qualify for um, based on need alone. Um, so at Mary Washington, we are a Virginia public school, so um, we accept the different forms of Virginia financial aid um, that you get through um, the federal government, but then Virginia also has um, some pieces of need-based aid that they award. Um, but then Mary Washington has additional need-based aid that um, we can award as well. Um, so I highly encourage every student um, to fill out the FAFSA regardless of kind of your financial situation because even if you don't get financial aid from the government, you may get financial aid from us and we need the FAFSA in order to do that. Um, I know it's long, I know it's tedious, but um, it really can help bring down that cost um, of attendance. Additionally, we evaluate every single application that we get for merit aid. Um, there's no additional process for that. Um, and you will find out about your merit award at the time that we send you your acceptance letter. Um, and then we also have that um, interview piece that I talked about before. It's a one to $2,001 one-time award um, that you can get just for doing an interview with us. Um, we offer those Monday through Friday um, at just about any time you would want to do it. I couldn't agree with Amanda more about filling out that FAFSA because that's going to get you in, in the pipeline for those opportunities for aid. Um, the two main merit-based scholarships for incoming freshmen are the President's Leadership Program and the Honors Program. Those are renewable scholarships every single year. Um, also a stipend to study abroad with those, um, willing and able in the future that study abroad uh, be a thing that we're allowed to do, but traditionally renewable scholarships with that study abroad stipend 
Um, so those are the two programs, our two flagship programs that we really pride ourselves on. 25% of Christopher Newport students are receiving either a president's leadership or an honors scholarship. So there is that, that opportunity for students to get that merit-based money. Um, for us, um, we offer both merit-based and need-based scholarships. You do have, however, need to complete uh, the general scholarship application, which is separate from your admissions application. In order to complete that document uh, or the application in particular, you need to have your passport done, regardless of what type of scholarships you may be able to qualify for. So um, I'll, I'll share um, some there too. We're um, need blinded admission. So um, I, I read applicants uh, from Fairfax County. So um, I don't know whether you're intending to apply for financial aid. If you qualify for money, I don't know how much it might be. We also guarantee we'll meet 100% of your family's demonstrated financial need. So you submit the same documents others have been talking about, the FAFSA, and some, um, we, we also require the CSS profile. Um, from there, you know, then we're gonna, we guarantee we'll meet 100% of your need, um, and that would be for all four years. Now you have to re reapply every year um, because your family's finances change. Um, and that's, that's standard, I think, across, across all of us, right? But um, so there's that. I'll also share that we have a, a program for Virginians, um, Richmond's Promise to Virginia. So if your family makes less than $60,000 a year, you'll receive a full financial aid package from us, no loans. Um, so it'll, it covers tuition room and meals. Um, and we'll also throw in a little bit to help with books and all of that as well. So a little um, living money as well. So, um, and that is if you qualify for it in your first year, you'll get it all four years. So that is one, you'll have to still reapply, but we, we won't take away that full ride if suddenly you make $61,000 in your junior year or something. Um, also keep in mind the Virginia Tuition Assistance Grant. So that is if you go, if you attend um, any independent college or private college in Virginia, so it would apply for Richmond, it would apply for Randolph College and the other 25 or so private colleges in Virginia. Um, the state legislature um, determines each year the amount. This year, I don't know if it's been determined exactly, maybe it has 3,400, I think. Scott, you can correct me if I'm wrong later. Um, somewhere in that range, and it's been between 27 and $3,500 each year. All you need to do is fill out a form or graduate from a Virginia high school and fill out a form and you've got it all four years. Um, so I'll take the uh, scholarship talk a little bit different route. Um, so we do offer um, merit and need-based um, opportunities ourselves. It can range as low as 4,000 all the way up to a full tuition. Um, we will be in deliberations tomorrow about a full ride. Um, so I don't have a, a media update. Uh, one thing I can't stress enough to the young people that is watching this is um, don't just depend on the institution for scholarships, look for scholarships outside as well too. Fastweb.com just is a very popular one. One thing I see a common mistake that most students do is think that a certain amount is not enough. And one piece of advice I wanna to leave to you to have you think about it differently. I can promise you through the whole time of your existence, of your 16, 17, 18 years of existence, um, you found more pennies on the ground than you found a dollar. So, but those pennies will add up no matter what. Don't look over those 250. Do not look over those $500 scholarships. They all add up. I'm not telling you not to apply for that $50,000 scholarship that may be somewhere on FastWeb or an institution might be offering you. Please do not look over those 250, those 500, 150. I promise you, you will get more Christmas gifts on the tree if you are getting scholarship money from your parents as well too. But please, 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 please apply for scholarships. Don't feel like you're not smart enough. Don't feel like your essay is not capable enough. Just please apply for those scholarships, not just within my institution and these other um, prestigious institutions on this call, but also elsewhere. And sit down and talk to your parents and have a financial plan. I can't stress that enough to you. I know I just went off course. Let me stop right there. So. No, it's good. It's good. You know, our students want to hear the advice. So. Yeah. Um, just to backtrack a little bit. Sorry, we're, we're reading the questions as they're coming in. Um, Charles is asking about extracurriculars. Like, how important is it to have work first experience or what are you guys looking for particularly in the extracurricular department do certain things stand out what kinds of things should we 
specifically put in the activity section if you're using the common app because you can only put 10 activities or should you even use up all 10 spaces? Some advice as to what extracurriculars should look like on our application. And I'd definitely say 10, right? So this is a very Fairfax County framing of the question. Sorry, go ahead, you. I would definitely say that that's going to look very different this year. Um, but historically, I would say that I'm looking for someone who has um, been committed to a particular organization and has shown growth within that organization. So I'm not looking for someone who's got a 10 page resume with just at membership level in multiple clubs and organizations. I'd much rather you be involved with certain things, intentional with those things that you're involved in, and hopefully you have growth. So maybe you started off freshman year as a member, but by your senior year, you are an officer. You're, you know, you're the president, you're the vice president, you're the treasurer of that organization. So I'm looking for that kind of consistency um, and growth in your extracurriculars. I would add to that, um, that oftentimes what students see as, you know, really um, salient extracurriculars um, are not necessarily what we see. Um, as Yoma said, we kind of look for quality over quantity. Um, we look for leadership positions, but I also tell students that nothing is too small to put in there. Um, you know, you might not think it's that big of a deal that you go home from school and you help your younger siblings with their homework every day after school. Um, but that shows us that you can take initiative and people trust you um, to be responsible and you've taken responsibilities on yourself um, and hold yourself to that. So. Um, you know, just because you're not in 10 different clubs or the president of a club doesn't mean that you're not doing something impactful and that we won't see that. Um, so if you have something that you do, and even if it's only one thing that you spend your time doing, if you can really tell us about that thing and kind of what you do and what that means to you, um, that can be just as great as filling all those 10 spaces. I'll also share that, um, you know, in, in addition to thinking in what you might have done um, inside the school, um, and in, in addition to family responsibilities, is sharing about different sorts of um, part-time work you might have. So, of course, that's another way that you're showing that you've stretched yourself. Um, potentially, there's some leadership there, too. But, you know, whether, um, whether it's a summer job or during the school year or both or whatever that looks like, um, you know, certainly if, if you're sharing work experience or, or in any other um, any been involved in, sh share the ways that you, you have shown leadership. Because even if you haven't been elected as the president of any club you're in, there, there must be some ways that you have, have shown initiative or leadership. So, so give us an idea into that because not everyone can be president or vice president. So share, share how you've, you've shown initiative or leadership I know in that very small area that's in where you're filling out activities on the application, but do the best you can in, in giving us a, a whole, um, a, a big idea of, of how you've been involved. It's all about your brand. Like I said earlier, please promote yourself. Please promote yourself. Um, don't be so versatile that you water down your brand, but definitely put your strongest attributes up there as your brand. Because um, I love reading about them as well too. But Definitely, it's just all about your brand. I can't stress that enough. I think tacking onto what Scott just said really quick, um, thinking about how you're structuring that section too can be important. Um, it's really great if you are on five different basketball teams, but each of those basketball teams don't need to be their own slot because you can be using those spaces to tell us other things about you. Um, so just thinking about kind of, you know, how you're putting that together um, and how you're kind of doing that section. I'll also share that at least it, for, the, for the University of Richmond, the order matters. So what will you, do you decide to put first? We read it as that is the most important thing to you. And whatever you put 10th is not that it's the least important, but it's not, um, not you're not as passionate about it or you're not as, whatever it's not not as important as number one slot not that it's not important but i don't know i can't figure out how to phrase it better but the number one slot we're going okay this is the way this is the thing that you you love the most or that you think has changed you the most or, or whatever it may be 
Demonstrated interest can play a part in this as well, um, particularly if you are looking at uh, direct admit programs like maybe for nursing or business or engineering. Uh, anything that you've done activity-wise um, that sort of shows that you have a working knowledge of what uh, this area of study or this uh, career path actually is, um, is something that you, know, you would want to, to make note of in terms of those activities that have led you um, to decide uh, to pursue that path of a direct admit program. Excellent, thank you guys. Um, so, uh, Mario, did you get to step in? No, you're good, okay. So um, just being mindful of our time to be respectful to all of you, we have two final questions. Um, one is, uh, what upcoming events and information sessions might, they be, might, might there be for your schools, especially during COVID? A lot of that is virtual. Uh, so put in your plug and then we'll come back around for that final question. Yeah, um, we have a lot of great virtual information on our website right now. Um, we unfortunately are not going to be welcoming any visitors to our campus throughout the fall semester. So no tours, no information sessions. Uh, so we have put our tours and our information session online. We have uh, virtual chats, uh, I'm sorry, live chats and virtual appointments that you can schedule with us uh, right from the contact uh, sections of the admissions website. Um, we will also be participating in a lot of uh, virtual college fairs as well. Um, we have um, the NACAC virtual college fairs coming up. There are four dates. Uh, we will be participating in all of them. Uh, virtualcollegefairs.org. Uh, you can go and see the dates and uh, times of all of those, those activities. Excellent. And we'll be posting that link in the description for you guys so you can find out more there. Thanks, Jody. Um, we're doing everything that we can to be as accessible as possible to, our, to all students. Uh, we do have uh, pre-recorded um, video sessions uh, or at least information sessions on our website. So bt.edu slash admissions. Uh, also, if you want to um, schedule kind of like a general information session and a virtual tour, uh, we're having those on the daily basis, Monday through Friday, uh, every day, um, pretty much at 1.30. Um, and you can just sign up through those through our website and just click on the visit tab and it will take you to how to sign up to those. Uh, we're also going to be participating in um, various fairs um, and we're prepping up to see where we're going to be, um, you know, virtually uh, for this upcoming fall. So stay tuned. So fairly, fairly similar answer to what you've already heard. Um, we're, we're offering information sessions on six, so we've split them up minutes on academics, another day would be 10 minutes on student life, and then another day is 10 minutes on the admission and financial aid process. So, so shorter time period, like 10 to 15 minutes within 10 to 15 minutes of question and answer. Um, so you can mix and match those um, as, as it might fit for you. Um, we're offering what we're calling, what we call spider chats, which are interviews with current students. They're not a part of the admission process, so it's just for you to, to be able to talk with a current student to learn more about Richmond. Um, and then we're, we're having a few uh, virtual open houses, um, one in September and one in October. The one in October is in a full virtual recruitment week. We haven't come up with a fancier name for it yet, but that's what we're calling it internally. So there'll be different sessions through that week where we'll have different professors or different um, departments on campus who will do a, a short information session if you'd like to join us again. Okay, so I'm gonna break the trend here a little bit. Um, we are open for um, information sessions and college tours Monday through Saturday. Um, we have four tours and two information sessions Monday through Friday, and then we have two tours and an information session on Saturday. Um, they are strictly limited um, for capacity, so we can only have 10 people on each college tour um, and 20 people in each information session because of our capacity. Um, that will be changing a little bit here, probably starting next week, because we do have a tent that they are installing for us so that we can do information sessions outside um, and we can have a little bit larger session so that we can spread out a little bit. Um, we also have a virtual information session every day at three o'clock. Um, in addition to that, we've got a bunch of different virtual events um, coming up throughout the fall. Um, 
we will be participating in VACRO's virtual college fair tour um, throughout the fall. So there are dates for that throughout September, October, and November. Um, we will also have our Eagle Week coming up, which is gonna be kind of a virtual recruitment week, um, as well as two um, virtual open houses, one in September and one in October. Um, we are not conducting on-campus uh, tours at this moment, and that is to be determined. So stay posted on the lookout for that. Um, if you go to the admission landing page for Christopher Newport, there is a virtual visit page, and that has a wealth of uh, a tour that you can watch online. You can sign up for an online interview opportunity. You can also watch videos of current students and as well as some of our admission team. Um, so definitely visit that virtual visit landing page on our admission site so that you can see all of the options until we are able to see everyone in person. Um, so we are currently offering um, on-campus tours, so I will follow the trend with you, Ms. Amanda. Um, it is very, very limited and very strict as well, too, but with us being a smaller area, um, we are able to uh, maintain the guidelines of social distancing and health standards a little bit easier. Um, we are going to be doing all VACRO virtual fairs as well, too. As I stated earlier, we are going to be doing Zoom 101s. We also have uh, opportunities for you to uh, sign up with our financial aid team to do information sessions with them. Our tours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. Um, we are also looking to possibly launch, well not possibly, we will be launching an uh, actual real live virtual tour where every Wednesday we're actually going to have somebody with the GoPro cam and live streaming and all those things and actually um, be giving you a tour virtually live. So um, those are the um, items that we have in place as we speak. All right, with that, um, I just wanna ask everyone as is tradition to give a final message of hope to the community, particularly the students, which I know are all stressing about this. So kind of just frame the conversation and that, you know, kind of the last final message was hope. Um, you know, coming from Michigan, which was really hit hard early on in the pandemic, um, you know, it, it's been it's been hard to see a lot of bright spots in it. But one thing um, that I really have appreciated is this new appreciation for people like teachers and people like nurses and, um, you know, people who are really, you know, facing this thing head on. And I really, really hope that that continues to be the case. Um, I would say just be kind, uh, be mindful that your actions may impact others. Um, and, you know, as you do the best to stay safe during these times and uh, protect your family, um, we just want to let you know that we're here for you. Um, you know, uh, it's difficult for you, it's difficult for everyone. Um, and just understand that, you know, um, whether we are in the missions or whether your teachers um, or guidance counselors, they're all, we all working very hard to make sure that this um, admissions process um, is as, as accessible and uh, it could be as accommodating as possible to you. So we're working for you at this moment, so. So I'll, I'll share that, that we're, we're all, we're in the admission office, we're looking for reasons to say yes. So, I mean, you know, sometimes we get this rap of like, we're always, we're, we're stamping denied on everything or, you know, that's what we're, we're looking for reasons to say no, really we're looking for reasons to say yes. And that's even more so in, in the current circumstance where we're having to think about how, how we look at the opportunities you've had or the challenges you've had in this time. And, and we're having to rethink or think differently um, how, how, how we do our work so we can say, so we can say yes. So, I mean, that's, we're, we're looking for reasons to say yes. I would just kind of echo um, what Rebecca shared. We, we really are on your team. Um, we, nothing makes me sadder than, um, you know, 
denying a student. Um, I wanna admit every single student who comes across my desk. Um, and we're here for you. If you need help, if you, um, you know, are confused about something or lost in the process, reach out to us. We're here for you. Um, they literally pay us to talk to you. Um, and we want to, and we got into this work because we want to talk to you and we want to help you. Um, if you need a fee waiver, if you need just any advice, just shoot us an email. We're people, we're, we're here to help you and we want to. My hope would be that you are patient. Um, number one, patient with yourself. Most importantly, it's okay to not know. And that's for students and parents and everyone with all of these decisions. Um, and so expecting to have those uncertainties and that uneasiness about that. So be patient with yourself, but then also be patient with others. And like Mario said, with that, the patience comes the kindness. And so that would be my hope is that everyone can, can move forward and behave in that manner to one another. Um, I would personally say, um, understand there's a lesson in every situation that hits rock bottom. Um, unfortunately, there's been a lot of things taken away from previous seniors, current seniors, current freshmen, and college seniors as well, too. But understand there's always a lesson that you can learn and build towards something greater when it feels like you've hit rock bottom. Um, when you're applying to institutions, um, don't compare your situation to someone else. Um, just because you felt that you didn't get in the school that you wanted to get into doesn't mean that you're less of a student. Um, comparison is not a good thing to do, especially in this case. If you have been accepted to any one of these institutions that's currently here on live or any other institution, you have done an amazing job. Don't feel because somebody has 10 acceptance letters and you have two acceptance letters that you're lesser than that person. You can only pick one school. So do not compare your situation to other people. Trust me, it does not make you less smarter than that individual. It does not make you less motivated than that individual. Just definitely focus on yourself and continue to work on your brand. Thank you guys so much. And, and you know, to, to echo a lot of these points, I mean, where you end up really is, is about fit too, right? So you wanna make sure it's the right place for you to thrive. Um, not just something that will look fancy on a paper or because people said it was a good school or better than this or that, right? So uh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, for our viewers, I hope this was useful to you. Um, Nathan, I hope you were taking notes as you're entering the cycle this year. Um, so next Monday, we're gonna have uh, a number of uh, leaders of our uh, workers in the, in the county. So we're gonna have heads of our teachers unions, as well as someone representing the SEIU, our local uh, uh, you, you know, employ uh, workers union here in our county, particularly address some of the workers issues that have come up. You know, we've heard a lot of questions about the teachers influence on the process. How did we go to virtual? Who did we listen to? So we want to unpack a lot of that. Um, and to Jody's point earlier, we've gained a good appreciation for the sacrifices they've been making. So we'll hear it firsthand from them. And we'll also address the challenges that have come up on SAC uh, and childcare. I know that that's been top of mind for our employees and, and it's been something that our unions have been advocating on. So we'll give them the chance to speak to it. Nathan, I see you flagging me. You want to add something? Go ahead. I do. I just want to remind all, first I want to thank all the reps on this call for all the information. I am taking notes as I've mentioned. Um, and I want to remind all the students watching that I'm here. If you guys have any questions about the upcoming school year, even after the work session tomorrow, um, you can reach out to me on the email. It's on the FCPS website. Um, but yeah, even about if even if it's about college admissions and stuff like that, I can, I will, I'm here to answer questions and reach out to people for you guys. So okay, if there's that, you just reach out to me as always. So just want to remind Thank everyone of that. So we'll see you guys tomorrow at the work session, fcps.edu/tv, and next Monday for a union's talk. Until next time. <laughs>